and welcome back to the Toyota Garage podcast with your host, Jake and Riley. Uh, tonight's episode is a fun one. Um, we have a special guest, um, Cole, who is has got a very unique forerunner. You know, not something we always see every day. So, um, just a, a little hint: it started life as a two wheel drive. It is, it is not ending its life as a two wheel drive. <laughs> so, little bit of a teaser into tonight's episode. Um, we obviously dive, you know, very deep into the logistics of all of this and and how crazy of a build this is. So. Um, with that being said, um, you know, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode and uh, it's it's a doozy. So, you know, uh, buckle up, take your notes and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it and we will catch you on the next one. Welcome back, guys, to the Toyota Garage podcast with your hosts, Jake and Riley. Um, tonight. We threw in another guest for you guys. Um, tonight's a special one. He's got a very unique build that we're going to get into. Um, tonight's guest is Cole. Cole, how you doing? I'm good. Just chilling after work, you know, ready to talk, hang out. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy a night. So, um, like I kind of mentioned, there's, there's a, this is not your average forerunner. We'll get into that. Um, uh, we are definitely curious to, to even just talk about that. That sounds like an amazing, uh, you know, project to tackle, but, um, let's start off with who you are. Let, let the people know who you are, you know, where you come from and how you even got into wheeling and Toyotas. So, uh, growing up, my dad, I think I was in like early elementary, he had a two door Jeep. Um, I don't even know what year, what model, but, um, sometimes he'd go out hunting with his buddies and, you know, show us pictures or tell us stories. And, uh, we were in a developing neighborhood, so not many houses and we kind of had free reign of everything. There was kind of a Creek ravine and he would take us down in there on a Sunday stroll after church, take the scenic route. And he had an Xterra, uh, you know, lifted off-road bumper, bigger tires, all that good stuff. And then kind of took a hiatus, you know, didn't do anything with any of that for years. And then I was kind of like, Oh, you know, my, my forerunner looks kind of sissy, you know, it's it's squatted (laughs) squatted down on the front, like a lot, like probably 250,000 miles on it at that point. So the suspension was just toast. And I was like, Oh, I want to make it look better. And so I just put like a leveling spacer on the front. And I'm like, okay, that'll be good, you know. And then a year later in college, I started, you know, seeing some Toyotas and Instagrams and things like that. And I made my own, uh, especially with help from people on T4R.org. Um, and kind of asking them, like, oh, you know, what's your suspension setup? You know, your wheels and tires, you know, the basic, you know, that everybody kind of nags on on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and that gets everybody started. And, uh, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of Toyota Jamboree in Texas. Oh yeah. 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 So I bought tickets. Uh, my university was like two hours from there. And so I was like, oh yeah, I'll go, you know, it's not that far. It's the last week of school after finals, you know, good way to unwind and hang out. 
Well, um, I think two weeks later, after I got the tickets, somebody messaged me uh, with like a, a super dope forerunner, fourth gen, you know, fiberglass fenders, full bumper lift, uh, roof rack, everything. And they were like, hey, you know, we're trying to get some people to go from northwest Arkansas down to Toyota Jamboree, do some off-roading and camping and stuff. Would you be interested? And I was like, you know, hell yeah. yeah. I've never met yeah. any yeah. anybody with lifted Toyotas before. Like, I'd, I'd never, like, it was like Latin. So, <laughs> never been introduced to it. I was like, you know, I want to see what it's about. And we met up. I drove up back to Northwest Arkansas five hours to meet up with him and then convoy down. And I realized I saw this guy in traffic like a year ago. And I freaked out. I was like, that is like the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and then he, uh, Eli, rushing man on Instagram. And then my friend Nathan, pathless traveled on Instagram as well. Um, ever since then, that trip, we've bonded and we even created a group, Arkansas Toyotas. We did, you know, some giveaways, meetups, raffles, things like that. Yeah. And yeah. ever since then, you know, we've helped each other work on vehicles, you know, last minute just you know whatever it takes to help each other out and just um so that was kind of your introduction that like just getting the random social media so had you started a page on like instagram things like that before this or was this through uh t4r uh, uh the the arkansas toyotas no the invite just to go down oh, to okay so um I think like spring, I think it was 2018 or 2017. Um, I created an account, you know, that was like right when I put the lift and tire or just the lift on. And I was like, Oh, you know, I want to start this. Um, T4R1 on Instagram. And I think he's on T4R.org. Um, Momo on T4R.org and Instagram, you know, they really inspired me. They're built their bumpers, lift, everything like that. Um, and so I just wanted to be like them and, you know, share, you know, kind of the in and outs, daily life and then big projects, all of that. And then like a month or two after I created that is when I got an invite onto my 400 account with probably like 100 followers at that point. Yeah. And so from there, just, yeah, it slowly started growing and then. Yeah, kind of I mean, through, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I never would have thought i was like oh you know got some people that i know in person that follow me and you know a few people that i've figured out local with toyotas and jeeps and stuff and then you know especially like helping create arkansas toyotas for all these meetups and things like that um and we did featured builds on there uh it helped me reach out and kind of you know be friends with people got wheeling camping whatever Start gaining a little traction just through social media there. Yeah. Um, and I, it's funny. I used to just hate social media, Instagram, Snapchat, all of it. And then I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for Instagram now. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth, man? Oh, yeah. So then is it with the Arkansas Toyotas, is it um, mainly all obviously Arkansas, but is it um, people you know, or is it just kind of getting the feelers out there and finding anyone? Like, I know it says here, Northwest Arkansas, but are you kind of just 
anyone from the area? Do you kind of jump the border and, and look into like Oklahoma, Missouri area, or is it strictly Arkansas only? Um, so it's kind of focused on uh, Northwest Arkansas, and then uh, we open it up to the whole state of Arkansas, kind of. But you know, anybody could come if they wanted to. We had somebody come all the way from Colorado to one of our meetups, which yeah. was like twenty something hours. Um, and that's kind of been on the back burner for a few years. You know, we kind of interact with it a little bit, but, you know, I was finishing college. Uh, my friend was getting in a serious relationship, you know, proposing, getting married and such, uh, Eli. And then Nathan, um, he was moving up at his job. And so, you know, everybody just kind of got busy and it's been on the back burner, but we're thinking about trying to possibly get it back up. Yeah, re uh, rekindle a little social media group. Yeah, definitely. We did that with this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, sometimes you got to take a break. Sometimes yeah. you, uh, yeah, just things, life doesn't life. stop. I think that's the big yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, life. <laughs> yeah, I definitely hear that. Been there a few times. Yeah. But, I mean, you power through and uh, we're back. Yeah, look where we are now. Right. Yeah. Laughing about <laughs> yep, some, still some of the most ridiculous stuff ever. And, <laughs> yeah, acting like ch- or ch- children, yeah. Yeah, tons of different experiences and just, you know, hearing everything, sharing just what you learned. Yeah, that's the thing, uh, that's it never stops. Part, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like the best part about this is talking to everybody, seeing where they're at. Because like the, the people that we've had on here, obviously, not to get too far into this, um, but everybody that we've met over the last couple of years is doing something else than where we all met them at. So, oh yeah, it's kind of cool to to bring people on um, and see where everybody's at, see how everybody's doing stuff like that, and obviously talk about builds, that sort of thing. So well, and just the change too, yeah. Within the last, like from builds to even personal growth, you know, in the yeah. last couple of years, it is cool to see that you know, um, like we've talked about, and even in some of the super old podcasts of like how our truck started out and laughing about you know mine being on thirty twos essentially with no armor, no bumper, and it's just this bone stock Tacoma, and you know, at the point at the time, it didn't matter. You know, I was still trying to wheel the truck just as hard as I am wheeling it now. Mm -hmm. It was just that get out there. You know, I almost feel like I, I tried to wheel more back then than I do now, just because (laughs) the passion was probably like the, the flame, if you want to put it that way, was still burning. So freaking hot, you know, hot then it's like every second, like if I didn't go out on the weekend, I was bumming, you know what I mean? I was just like, uh, come on, come on. I got to get out. I got to get out. Is it Friday? Is it Friday? And I'm like, <laughs> I got too much shit to do, man. I got maintenance that needs to be taken care of. I got, I don't, you know, yeah, that's, nowadays there's too many excuses. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm catching up with. So my first, you know, two or three years, you know, in off-road Toyotas, you know, I was just like, I, I got to do whatever I can to get featured on these pages and, you know, reach out and all yeah, that right? stuff. <laughs> yep. And, you know, it'll be so cool. And I didn't have to worry about maintenance or anything, you know, because I hadn't wheeled it before. And then as I've progressed into it, I've I've kind of I I don't even know what to say. I've got behind on things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
Take a and shortcut so, here or there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And part of it was because I was uh, working uh, construction, which is heavily like weather based. In the oh, winter, yeah. you have less hours. If it rains or snows, you can't work, you know. And so I kind of ran out of money to do some maintenance <laughs> that I needed to do. And so it's just yeah. I hadn't even driven my forerunner since first week in January, honestly. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Just, hey, plus side to that though, you keep the miles down. Yeah. 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 Three hundred fifteen. Yeah. Let, let's keep them down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can't really keep that down. That's. that's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you want a segue values. right there. You want a segue right there? Is that a segue or am I cutting? Am I jumping? Are you? Are you for? You're forcing a segue. Am I? Am I forcing a segue right now? <laughs> forcing, you're forcing a segue. But he forced it. So what a nerd. He forced it. What a goober. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> uh, that's too bad. so yeah, the the big question, which I mean, we've been kind of sitting there like, I want to hear about this. So, um, th- the big question is. Two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive conversion. You didn't start this forerunner as a four-wheel drive forerunner. Oh hell no! This was a two-wheel drive. So let's number one. Let's start with why. I think that's the biggest question anyone is. Gonna, I mean, that's the first question anyone's going to ask is why and uh, what was the motivation for it. Hold on. So, hold on. Hold on. Uh-huh. Hold, on. Oh, you, hold on. Real quick. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. This is a bad episode for me already. Right. <laughs> what Before are you get into that? You probably will get into that. Art, oh. is, do you do you have a V8? Yes, I do. Yeah, uh, okay. the non-VBTI. It's an O3. This is my that's my biggest question right now. I, that's why I'm so curious about this because you went from a non or a, a V8 two wheel drive to a four wheel drive. So that that's it. That's all I have to say. I'm very curious. yeah yeah. Dude, I- Damn it, Riley, do your research. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's podcast purposes. <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah, then, you started with the, the V8, two-wheel drive. Why? Um, so I'd, I'd see pictures of people on trails all the time. And I was like, where are these freaking places? Like, it's like forbidden knowledge. You know, oh, if, you're yeah. not, if you're not in the loop, it's like, I, I don't even know how to get there. I don't even know where it is. And, you know, people, yeah. you know, I, I'm a supporter of it, too. You know, don't tag to save your favorite spots or whatever. And so people oh, tag yeah. like, you know, Best Buy or Walmart or and you're like, yeah, that's not it. No. Nonsense. And so <laughs> that ain't Starbucks. I know it. That's over on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Block over. <laughs> And, uh, well, I started going out with people starting at Jambo and I saw, um, like Megalex and this guy with the SAS, LS, FJ and some other stuff. And I was like, I want to be like them. And so, you know, I, I kind of did what I could with two wheel drive for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after a blown diff, you know, single diff, I didn't have another one to rely on at that point. Um, it's a little paperweight at this point. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. 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 Um, that was a big motivator. Um, I was at Barnwell and down at the bottom of this kind of ravine and uh four wheel drive went up this ledge in front of me, no slip, nothing. I was like, Oh, I can do that. You know, you know, revving it up, you know, off the limiter and then, you know, just pop. And we we're like, Oh no, that ain't good. <laughs> 
So they had to tow my ass out of there all the way back to camp. Both tires were locked up. No free spin in neutral. <laughs> just dragging the whole way like it was in park. Uh, pinion and ring were just shredded. Had to get it towed back. Someone helped me work on it that I, I didn't even know the day before. And they helped me replace everything. And then started going on trails once I got home from that. Um, you know, I started adventuring more, getting stuck. Um, not being able to go up stuff I wanted to with friends and we'd all have to turn around, you know, and I was like, you know, I don't want to be that guy anymore. Yeah. You, I, yeah. You were that friend. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, yeah. there only comes so much winching or pulling up a ledge or whatever until you're like, okay, I'm just going to park it. We're going to go have some fun. We'll come back and get it. Um, and so I didn't want to be that guy anymore. And so I, I, seen you know one or two threads on t4r.org um kind of looking it up like oh one guy was like oh it'll cost this much and this many hours and they were kind of iffy about which parts to do and i was like i'm I'm just gonna do it i spent like a whole month researching um after work probably like 50 hours of research just trying to find articles web pages accounts anything i could find yeah um, and I just started buying parts. Um, I bought everything within like a two month period. Um, and I did all of the labor myself. That was a big thing when I started my build. Um, I didn't even know how to change a tire when I first started doing anything with it. Mm. And, you know, it went to ball joints, drive shafts, you know, third member, things like that. And then I was like, oh, you know, we're going to try this. You know, um, and my friend, uh, Eli rushing man, he had the unfortunate circumstance of blowing his timing belt on his VVTI V8. So, um, bye bye. I think yeah. interference, right. Is the one that mm-hmm. it just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, just valves. Yeah. I was at work one day and he kind of texted me like, Hey, like I just lost power on the interstate. Nothing's cranking over full tank of gas. What's up? And I was like, you know, I don't know. We'll check it out later. And we had actually heard like a belt whine the week before. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, well, we'll check it out next weekend. You know, I don't have time this weekend. And then mm-hmm. that happened. And so he got a new vehicle, but kept the forerunner kind of in the driveway trying to sell, you know, bumper, um, roof rack, lift tires, all that stuff. And I was like, hmm, I have a parts truck right here. I have access (laughs) to any time at any hours. And, um, you know, I could pay him for parts, whatever. And I was like, you know, I'll I'll do it. And I met a really good friend online, uh, Dakota, Ricky Spanish, uh, I think T4R. Uh, his, um, his actual name like his instagram name is ricky spanish yeah it's it's a it's a meme i think from family guy um, i was gonna say he pulled that from american dad i think yeah yeah american dad with Rod. that's what that's it funny. is yeah, that's funny yeah and he said he'd been looking into it um a few months before i even thought about it and he had done uh, some of the research himself too and so he had the v6 and i had the v8 and so together we kind of put our minds together like, 
okay, you know, he's a big electrical guru. He kind of figured out the pins for the um, uh, shift position sensor um, and, like, the harness and things like that. And then I kind of found out some about the transfer case um, and drive shaft and stuff like that. And um, I just – I went at it. I got everything within a month. I think it cost, like, three grand just for parts. Mm-hmm. And the value on my Forerunner, you know, three hundred ten thousand miles, scratches and dents, um, wheeled. It, it, you know, I wasn't ever going to sell it. I wasn't going to ever get mm-hmm. anything for it that I thought well, would yeah, be worth yeah. it. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep it, do this instead of buy a new one. Um, and so one week after work. Just every day after working uh, 12-hour shifts, I would just come home and just work until 2 a.m. probably. And let's see, I started, um, I took off the uh, intake manifold to reach the starter on the V8, which is, Mm -hmm. if you haven't done it or seen it or heard about it, it's the most annoying thing ever. Rolling a clamshell. Yeah, I, I haven't done the clamshell yet on the disc, but I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> um, so I so did that. how how recent is this? Like, I mean, is this uh, just from like social media? Like, it looks like last year potentially. Is that right? Yeah. So um, Eli's four hundred blew up uh, late February, and then. Yeah. I made the decision, I think, uh, late April. So he was still, he was finishing up selling aftermarket parts by that point and was thinking about getting rid of it. And I was like, oh, you know, just keep it for a little longer and I'll pull these parts off it. Um, And then the whole swap took place over a week after work, uh, the third week in June last year. So this is recent. I mean, this is... Yeah, so it's been... Your hands are still this seven months i think that's crazy yeah well, i've still got scars well i bet <laughs> not to get too far ahead but how's your uh how's your seven month uh seven months in how is it like is it, is it oh my there? god <laughs> okay. so i was i was open diff two-wheel drive i mean i had the v8 but still you know that's a one-wheel yeah. tire fire one-wheel appealer yeah and yep. uh you know, I could put it in first gear low, whatever, but it wasn't like a yeah. you know transfer case low with four wheels spinning. Oh. And just in four high, I could just crawl and barely put any input up and just go up things that I would have to, you know, just get after it and tool drive. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, I don't know how I did it before. It's just so, like, easy <laughs> now. Cheating. It's cheating. <laughs> so um, my curious is, so did you snag his transmission and his T-case then out of his Forerunner? So I took, for the drivetrain components, um, I pulled his transmission, which is the A750F. Um, it's the five-speed uh, four-wheel drive. It's very important okay. for me. I need yes. to know this. So I need to th- it's Are you taking five. notes? I'm taking big <laughs> yeah, fat notes right now. Yes. <laughs> With the Crayola. <laughs> yep. 
Um, so it's the A750F five-speed four-wheel drive transmission. Um, and you cannot use your A750E, which is the two-wheel drive. Um, the no. F version has the rear uh, bell housing that the transfer yep. case goes on to. Um, yep. And the two-wheel drive does not. It has a, like a slip yoke. Yeah, yeah. And so I could have gone like with an Atlas or something and done it and, you know, custom cross member and mounting, but I just, I, I wanted it to be bolt in, uh, not have to worry about that. And an Atlas would have cost 10 times what I got this transfer case for. <laughs> Four grand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do I know, but do I know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I pulled his front and rear drive shafts. I pulled his V8 front diff without the ADV actuator that the V6 has. Um, I took his four-wheel drive spindles and had them gusseted while I was waiting. So I have the Total Chaos uh, sway bar spindles, like the super beefy ones. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Did I? I think that's it. I didn't use his transfer case um, because the ECU and electronics and it just they wouldn't like each other because my ECU. It still thinks it's two-wheel drive right now. It, it yeah, doesn't yeah. have a clue. So the Forerunner, the V8 Forerunner was an all-wheel drive. It was a full-time four-wheel drive transfer case. Yes, with a center diff lock. Yeah, with yeah. a center diff lock. So you you just got a regular V6 T case then? So the V6 cool. is a lot like that, um, but it has the two-wheel drive option. Center, it had the center diff lock, yeah, but it, it yes. wasn't full-time four-wheel. Um, well, what I what I did was um, I basically did the FJ manual transfer case swap. Okay. But the fifth gen, um, some models had that exact same transfer case, identical. Um, yep. And so uh, I got one. The off road or trail edition, depending yeah, on trails. Yeah. 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 So I got one of those out of a 2014 Forerunner, uh, nice. and I had it shipped to my work. Oh, very nice. And I kind of called my work ahead of time. I was like, hey, like, are you okay? Like, if I get this huge-ass piece of metal car part, like, delivered here? And they were like, sure, I guess. Like, we'll watch out for it. And um, I just ordered it, like, off eBay. Nice. Like, I, I got no pick and pull or LKQ. I was just, like, you know, looked for, like, a week trying to find one with decent miles and decent price. Kind of a negotiation between them. And I was like, yeah. yeah, that'll do. Click, send, and it was there like two days later. Okay. There you go. Because they're still using that same transmission in the fifth gen. Like, even the brand new one's still using the 750F. So Yeah, that, that five-speed. The yeah. low slash one to four, and then drive is that fifth. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's so, cool. Anyways, not to bypass too far, but... Um, yeah, I guess for my own whatever to throw my own two cents in because I've I've got a Sequoia which is the uh it's the A three forty F just the the four speed, um, mm-hmm. but it's still a non VVTi V eight and it's got the same transfer case as the uh, second gen or third gen Forerunner so it's like the same drivetrain behind the engine as a third gen Forerunner or first gen Taco mm-hmm. or V six Forerunner pre O five, um but that. To, to get that to work, because I, I want the five-speed for the Sequoia just because I, that first gear is significantly lower than the four-speed. Um, mm-hmm. But if you don't mind getting into that 
not too much, but just to give a little a touch on it because like what's involved in making that work with the uh, obviously not coming stock with a five speed. How did you make that work? Well, actually, so mine did come stock with a five speed. Um, oh, it did. Yeah, so all of the V8s, the 03 to 09, had the five speed. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And then I realized the two wheel drives did too. Yeah, yeah. And then I think the 03 to 04 or 03 to 05 V6 had the 340. And then yep. when they started doing VVTI in the V6, they threw in the five speed. Yep. And 05. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, you basically shared the same drivetrain aside from four-wheel drive with the GX470 because they all came with that five-speed from the beginning too, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. So, okay. Right, yeah, well. so I didn't I didn't have to like switch any like computer harness stuff necessarily because um, it was the same transmission um, except for okay. one pin on the shift position sensor, which is like a little okay. slice of pizza looking thing about the size of your fist. Um, okay. You have to kind of pry it off of the um i don't know it's like this rod that it like rotates on with a flat edge on it so it stays just pry it off real gently so you don't break it mm-hmm. and um i think i sent you all pictures or something i don't know if you saw them um the pin layouts are identical except for there's yep. one identical pin um or one separate pin on the four-wheel drive f version for the center diff lock oh all right mm. But even though the pins line up, the the actual plug, the plastic part that goes in, does n- it's not the same. The connector's not the same? Yes. And okay. so I had to reuse my tool drive uh, shift position sensor. So pull off uh, the tool drive one off of my E transmission and then pull yep. the uh, four-wheel drive one off the F one and then put my tool drive one on the four-wheel drive transmission. Okay. That like yeah, talk about some homework right there, man. Oh That's yeah, great. yeah. And a lot of it was in the dark, and you know, with the help of Dakota, uh, we just even when I was doing it, um, like right as I ran into issues, you know, it'd be 10 p.m. and I'd kind of like text him or whatever, and be like, hey, you know, did did you run into this or did you find out anything about this? And he's like, oh yeah, you know, I got this link. I'll send it to you. I was like, oh, you know, cool. Or when he did his a few months later, you know, same thing. He's like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like, this doesn't line up. And I was like, oh, do this. Um, so just kind of bouncing ideas, that helped um, a ton. Yeah, sounds like it, yeah. Yeah. So uh, with the four-wheel drive, obviously, being a manual shifter, what what in the T case did you have to uh, – change or switch or is there anything really that you had to do on that t case since it's a manual t case so to make it work uh just basic i didn't have to do anything it just bolted straight up put the drive shafts on you're good um but i did have to cut a hole in the transmission tunnel yeah to, yeah to that... come up into the cab which kind of freaked me out at first because I was like, I don't want to get leaks. I don't want it to rust or anything. I haven't had rust so far, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. Yeah. Um, and so I know a few people who have done the FJ swap. I kind of mm. pinged off them, um, Chris and uh, 
Bradley Carlson and a few other guys and was like, hey, what kind of like cutting template did y'all use? Like, do you have a picture of what you cut out? Because I don't want to cut extra. Um, and I don't want to cut too little and try and put it in and then have to pull yeah, it out and yeah. cut again. Um, and so I just cut like a little, I think, two by three square out and then um, put the transfer case in without the shifter connected into it. And I was like, okay, yeah, that hole's where I want it. And then pulled it back out, and we actually had to cut the shifter. Like, just cut it completely off. And then weld in a piece of bar stock to scoot it over. Um, In the fourth gen, there's the transmission shifter on the right side of the transmission column. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And then on the left side of the transmission column, there's like a cubby with like a cigarette port or charger or whatever. And so what you do is you pull that cubby out and the shifter comes out right there to look OEM. So you don't, yeah. So you don't have to cut your trim or anything like that. Um, and that was the most frustrating part. I didn't do the welding. Um, I did do the cutting. I had a friend, Josh, um, he came over for a few hours the day I was doing the actual cutting and welding of the shifter and I was like, okay, I know it kind of needs to be pointed towards the driver uh, from where it comes out of the transfer case. But you have to make sure it clears the full J-shift, you know, position Pattern. Yeah, mm-hmm. within that cubby. Yep. And it's, it's kind of tight side to side. And if it doesn't mm-hmm. clear, you know, either the back or the front, you have to cut it off, you know, grind it clean a little bit and then weld it back on, see if it works. And we had to do that, like, I think five times. Oh, boy. Yeah, and that's what I've heard out of anybody. Um, um, most people said that that was just the most annoying part. You know, they think they had it, and then they put the trim back on after they put that in, and it didn't clear. And they were like, you know, I got to take it out and cut it again. That's annoying. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get that, just to get the pattern right to lock it down into four and move it over into four low and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. So and annoying. it just, and thankfully mine's pretty good. Um, if I ever redid it, um, like I might do like a taco box at some point. And so I'd have to move the transfer case back anyways. Yeah. Um, but if I didn't, I'd kind of want to possibly move the shifter back, like maybe an inch. Um, yeah. It does contact on the front of that cubby a little bit in four low, but yeah, besides so I'm, that, I'm kind of looking at the photos while you're while you're saying, and I see it looks like you've got two wheel drive, neutral, four wheel drive, slam, like all the four different pictures of the position, and that four wheel drive one looks like yeah, you've got her cranked up there pretty far into that trim. Yeah, and I think part of it was you know Josh and I were just like you know if it works, it works, you know. Just because we'd spent, yeah. you know, hours just trying to get it done, and we were like, you know, it's good enough. Like, as long as it clears enough, it, it'll be fine, you know. Does it pop out at all? Have you ever had it pop out a low? Um, no. So, I actually, when I put the trim back in, the big piece of trim that I guess you can call, like, a guide that the surface trim sits on, um, that guide trim is, like, bolted into the transmission tunnel. Mm-hmm. But that surface trim... Um, I don't have it bolted in. I just have it like snapped in. And so if I have ever have any issues, it just kind of bumps it out, but usually not. 
it's kind of like yeah. on the edge. Like sometimes it bumps it out a little bit. Sometimes it doesn't. It just kind of depends on the day. Yeah. My main reason for that is uh, story time with Jake here. Um, <laughs> we did. So I had a, a first gen forerunner up at the ski area I worked at here. And we had did we've done we did a um I think it was an inch body lift, you know, and it was just a little spacer lift and add a leaf in, in the forerunner just to get it up a little bit higher for uh like it was a mountain truck essentially. It was our summer truck to work in. Um but the idea was we had a set of uh, you know 30, I think they're actually Thornburgs. Um, a set of uh, 33s, but they wouldn't fit very well without doing like a body lift and the lift as well. Mm-hmm. And so when we did the body lift, obviously everything stays where it is. That body comes up. And my issue was I had to try do a little bit of trimming on just the, the sheet metal in the tunnel, because that was my problem is you go into four low. And if you start bouncing up and down the mountain, it would kick out just because there's so much tension still on that shift lever. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, solidly locked in and it was still kind of rubbing against some of the sheet metal. Yeah, just um, kind of contacting. And if there was a bump, exactly. you know, those bushings yep, was, aren't solid. Yep. So it'll just it just kick it right out. So that's yeah. why I was curious if with, with it being pressed up so far up into that, you know, the rubber bushing or the rubber shift. That's what you want to call it. If it was if it would actually pop that thing out of gear. Um, no, but I did have issues with that rubber shift boot. Um, one, when I first did it, I was like, you know, I just want something to cover it up. Everybody's done leather. I want to do something different. So I just did rubber and, you know, nobody had documented like exactly which rubber boots work well, you know, have enough throw Mm -hmm. without tearing or anything like that. And I'm like, I'll go for it. And it, it ended up tearing. And so I actually went back and did a leather shift boot on the transfer case and on my transmission shifter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm looking at them now because it's your traditional, you know, third or fourth gen, second gen Tacoma shifter, and I thought that was plastic underneath that shifter. Or have you changed it since these pictures? Yeah. So that um, little like gray face uh, face plate for the transmission shifter um that just clicks off after you pull off that big piece of trim over the transmission channel tunnel and um i just i what i did was there's these little ridges on the bottom of that um cosmetic trim that covers the top of the tunnel Mm -hmm. and i just drilled little bitty holes like every inch um and punched holes in the leather to line up and then just zip tied it there's probably like 30 zip ties per shifter boot <laughs> and nobody would know you can't tell from the oh, top no, yeah. but if you look at the bottom <laughs> looks like hands down there oh yeah oh yeah that's funny <clears throat> that's crazy and so other one the other curious one i was wondering is drive shaft length obviously the front is completely uh new but um were you able to steal the drive shaft off of the, the parts forerunner then? So there's been a bunch of conflicting info. Um, I don't get me wrong. I think it's rock solid toys. Is that the company that went out a few years ago? Yeah. They, yeah I was going to say were around. Yeah. 
So that's the one that stole a bunch of shit from people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're kind of, I think, the first like company that advertised like, oh, we can do this FJ transfer case on your vehicles. It takes you know new drive shafts. You have to use the ADD front diff. Um, and all your money and not your yes. (laughs) So through time, people have done it on their own, not through them, and they found out. The stock V8 drive shafts will work front and rear. Um, Some people have said the front isn't able to collapse enough to remove while the uh, transfer case is in and the diff is in. And some people have been able to compress it to get it out. uh, uh, How'd you get it in there in the first place then? That's there's, there's my question. If I mean, because we know both those are two immovable objects. Yeah. How, how in the hell did you get the drive shaft in there without moving one or the other? Like, I mean, on a serious note, yeah. on yeah, two is, yeah. How in the hell is that? Like, if it's not collapsible enough, then how are you getting that drive shaft out? Or so, in? Um, my friend Eli with a parts runner. Um, I called him up after work one day when I was working on this, and I was like, "Hey, I need you to come help." hold up this transfer case. He was like, what, really? Like, really, Cole? <laughs> and I always have these, like, lucrative things, like, hey, can you come help me do this? Like, and it's always parts-oriented. <laughs> and he's like, I guess. Like, sure. I've got <laughs> three mildly cold Budweiser's in the fridge. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so uh, we had it on the jack. It was just a regular floor jack. And we had it, like, ratchet strapped to it. And he was kind of balancing it. And then I controlled the drive shaft. And so we had to stab the drive shaft onto the back of the diff. And then he had to stab the transfer case onto the back of the transmission, like simultaneously. So you haven't pulled that drive shaft out since it's gone in. I I haven't tried. That's interesting. Do you do you agree with it that like there's probably no way this drive shaft's coming out then? So like I said, there's been kind of some conflicting information. Um, some people say the fifth gen transfer case uh, will let you compress your drive shaft enough to remove it. And it's the OEM mm. V8 drive shaft with the five speed. Um, and some people have said like, oh, no, it won't compress enough. You either have to remove your diff or transfer case to remove the drive shaft or get a new drive shaft made that's like an inch and a quarter shorter. Yeah. Um, because so, the do what? Sorry. So so there is a a, 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 a there is a legitimate oh, difference. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, here he goes. Uh, <laughs> there's a legitimate difference between the V8 and the V6 front drive shaft on this thing. Um, I think the main issue is actually the transfer case. Okay. So the you have a you have a V6 transfer case then. Yes, basically. Okay. Um, the V8, uh, transfer case, it has, you know, all that, I, I'm blanking on what it's called. I, I was thinking about it earlier, what it was called. I'm like, oh yeah, it's named this. Um, but all that extra stuff in there to make it all drive and just, it's a just big, longer. Is, yeah, it's a longer unit. Okay. And so whenever you put the, uh, manual shifting transfer case in there, the front mounting flange for the front drive shaft is like an inch and a quarter farther forward. Okay. And then the okay. rear flange for the rear drive shaft 
is also an inch and a quarter forward. So okay. the yeah, so did you have to do a spacer on that diff then, or did you have enough throw in the stock drive shaft to just kind of pull that slip yoke out a little bit and run it that way? So I've heard of one or two people running it without a spacer with the original drive shaft. Um, but I just I, I don't like to chance that type of thing. Yeah. If you throw a drive shaft, like that'll just tear everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I went ahead and got like an inch and a quarter spacer off of four crawler. I think it's okay. like a 66 by 66 pattern. Don't quote me on that. Um, mm. And so it's just a, it's almost looks like a wheel spacer in there yeah. between yeah. your uh, like drive shaft. And some people put it on the rear diff end and some people put it on the transfer case end. I, I have one on my forerunner. I have a, uh, a drive shaft spacer on my forerunner. Um, mainly because I had a the manual drive shaft is longer than the automatic drive shaft, and I had a U joint co out on my the original drive shaft, and it was cheaper for me to. Well, long story short, I I went to fix the U joint and boned it and ruined the whole slip yoke on it. So mm. I just went and picked up. Yeah, I went and picked up an auto drive shaft. Um, and when I went to put it on, the slip yoke was like almost max extended. And I was like, well, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Um, so, so like a form reading. Yeah. Way too long. Um, so I, I put a drive shaft spacer on the, on the diff side just because it was like whatever, but nobody could tell me what the pattern was. And everybody was like, you have to go talk to a drive shaft shop and this, that, and the other thing. So I, I, I think I got mine off of, uh, uh, LCE performance or something like that, and then literally just fit whatever of the eighty-five different holes they have on the drive shaft spacer and made it work. But yeah, that that's all like how mine is. It looks like you know, like Swiss cheese or something. Just yep. so many different <laughs> flange patterns in there together. Um, yep. but some like some people tried to get new drive shafts made when they did a transfer case swap or yeah, the FJ case yeah. swap. But I've heard from a lot of shops, unless they're like really, really, really good at what they do, that you can't modify the Toyota drive shafts in the Forerunner. Yeah, because it got the double cardan joint. Um, well, mine doesn't. Yours oh, it really doesn't. No, but just the way it's made, like and manufactured, they can't extend it. Like it's just funky. So you either have to do the spacer or get a new one made, and like Tom Woods or something like that. Yeah. And I just, I didn't hear hardly any info on the bolt pattern, kind of like you. And, um, you know, four crawler, they do good work, but I think their website is so outdated that it just, <laughs> I about had a stroke trying to <laughs> navigate it. Yep. Um, and uh, not saying anything about it on their business. It just, I, I had a hard time navigating the website. You got to like call in on those people and they'll give you a vocal confirmation and stuff oh like that's that. yeah, yeah i was gonna say that's like the only way to do it honestly now is that a two-piece drive shaft in those or is it a single um so it's a two-piece uh the front and rear are they both have the slip yoke in the middle um with just the regular oh. u-joints uh, single u-joints on either end well uh, the the rear has is a slip yoke in the middle or is it a carrier bearing in the rear uh, or is it one solid uh, drive shaft? No, so it's a slip yoke in the middle. Uh, the two-wheel drive one has a slip yoke like end of the transmission, and it That's just has a single yeah. U-joint on the rear. Yeah. yeah. But the four-wheel drive one has a U-joint on either end, 
and then it has it slips in the middle. One end goes into the other, basically, and then it you know extends if it needs to. Yeah. Very is there? Weird. So there's got to be a carrier bearing on that where that slip yoke is, similar to like the Tacomas. I mean, I, I assume I, I have not spent a lot of time underneath the uh, the Fortune Four Runners, but I can only assume there's a carrier bearing. So from from T case that section of the drive shaft is nice and flat. It goes to a carrier bearing, U-joint, slip yoke, down to diff, um, and then obviously your spacer set up there. I'm assuming, or is it, it literally one single drive shaft? No, it's just one single drive shaft. It doesn't have a, like a carrier bolted to the frame and then angled down. It's just you know huh. one straight line from the transfer case to the diff. Interesting. So the slip yoke is legitimately in the middle of the drive shaft then. Yeah, so it's... Um, wow. There may be a picture either on my forum post or I think my Instagram as well um, that I sent y'all. Um, where looking, it has the space? Couldn't get a good yeah. I couldn't get a good visual of it. Oh, you know what? Um, do y'all have that picture that I sent you with all the parts in the back of the Forerunner? I think there's some pictures of the drive shaft there. there. Yeah. See, and this is where. The curiosity has got the best of me, and I'm like, I'm just curious to see how. So it's okay. So it's a standard. I'm just looking at some Tom Woods ones that it, that came up on the internet, and so it's it's a standard drive shaft with a slip yoke in it towards one end of the the shaft, essentially. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's it's a standard, you know, uh, slip yoke telescopic drive shaft, however you want to put it. But I'm just curious because the 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 Tacomas are night and day difference because mm-hmm. for us granted it, and i i assume this is wheelbase as well uh the difference in those but for me it is yeah it's it's a little three foot drive shaft out of the t case carrier bearing and the original way that this is done is carrier bearing u-joint slip yoke and then your shaft all the way down to diff, obviously a U joint there as well. When <clears throat> when I had hit mine, when and Riley and I, when Riley and I were out in Moab, I had a, a company here, uh, kind of locally, flip my slip yoke. So the, the Tacomas, their slip yoke is up by the carrier bearing, mm-hmm. and that, that leaves you a four inch round drive shaft all the way down the diff, and it's just asking to be beat up. And um, that was kind of just curious because I had seen the spacer and your slip yoke right down there by the diff that if that came factory or, or how that did that, how that drive shaft worked. But that's so, how mine was, is I had to flip it. I literally had them custom build a different tube, a, a thicker wall tube on my lower drive shaft and have them flip the slip yoke down towards the diff. Similar mm-hmm. setup looks like to what you have for that forerunner. Yeah, so I'd imagine on the V8s, um, how I pulled it off of Eli's was the slip yoke was towards the top. But I've heard from people, especially with like long travel, um, which I, I don't have, I just have crappy 5100s, um, uh, that without the slip yoke at the bottom, sometimes it contacts the gas tank. Um, If you flex out a bunch. And so I did flip it, um, but I didn't think about it. I kind of defeated that whole purpose when I put the drive shaft spacer towards the diff two. 
Yeah, so um, for clearance with like rocks. So I do need to put that on the transfer case side. You know, just hammer out the studs and put in the bolts. Okay. So that's like mine then. That's the same way my dry shaft is set up then. So, so I basically I've I've hit that so many times that the the gas tank is uh, <laughs> now uh, high clearance for my dry shaft. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Self clearance is the best clearance, man. Yeah, I've been yeah. there, done that. Yeah. So that's crazy. That's an obs- that like that's like an obscene amount of work. I mean, obviously you're you're reconstructing the entire underside, the entire drive shank. Yeah, so and but. I kind of ran into some um, I don't know what to call it, like backlash, whenever I did some of it. So when anybody like from the internet, yeah. Well, that's not a surprise. I mean, <laughs> yeah, especially me. like on Facebook. So, um, surprise, surprise. Yeah. And this is, this is again, part of the rock, rock solid toys debate. Um, a bunch of people don't know about their integrity if they were just trying to make you spend extra money or whatever. Um, but they, you know, demanded like you have to use a V6 ADD disconnecting diff. Like huh. you, you can't run a solid V8 diff that doesn't disconnect all of the time. Uh, because there's there's no disconnect when it's in two wheel drive that front diff is still spinning. And yeah. Was, yeah, I thought I thought ADD was just the the tube was just to disconnect one one side. Um, it okay. does. So it it, te- it it technically does. So what happens is that collar slides over, and yeah. essentially you free spool right side, left side is technically side, still yeah. connected into your ring and pinion. But because of the spider gear, like uh, the spider gears inside the diff, it won't spin drive shaft. Really, the only thing is fuel economy, and you're not spinning. Yeah, spin yeah. Drive shaft. That's yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know that is because of the new JL stuff, and we're dealing with that all the time in the new JL. So that's their little gimmick too. Is is you know for the solid axle guys, economy, economy, economy. Yeah, they're running that quick disconnect stuff on those front end of those those jails, and it's the same setup. It's you know, and we pulled a, a thirty apart the other day, and so you can kind of get a good look. And there's a similar setup, just a little collar that slides over, disconnects the two shafts between diff and passenger side. Ours is a little different because of it's a smaller package and and CVs versus that. But yeah, essentially what it is is it just it allows the disconnect of the right side. Left side will still spin that um, essentially uh, spider gears. It won't spin your ring and pinion. So if you look drive shaft in the front of a vehicle on the front of these, these vehicles don't spin. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Do what? I was just saying it's apples to oranges. You know, you could probably get some guys that argue for it, or guys that argue against it, but it's it is it's in there. It is what it is. Yeah, and so a bunch of the debate was, you know, will you prematurely destroy your transfer case if you 100% of the time have that front drive shaft and rear drive shaft spinning into it at all times? Um, and you know, it's in two-wheel drive. The front drive shaft it isn't getting power, but it's just back spinning into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like it's a neutral in the front, but um, yeah. did some research with the help of some other people and, you know, it's a cha- chain driven um, oil pump ran off the rear input shaft or out 
output shaft. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's oiled sufficiently. You just have to extend your breather on the transfer case. And, you know, it's it's fine. People have been doing it for a few years, um, like one or two people. And I was looking into it and they said, yeah, they hadn't had any issues on their daily. So. so and I mean, you can art full of shit then. Well, I mean, <laughs> look at their look at their future. So, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you can make the argument too, I guess, that anything like wear and tear on any of it. Like, if you yeah. want to be that guy on the internet, but yeah, I mean, ideally, if you could not have the front end spin all the time, sure, I'd take the advantage of it. But the wear and tear is, I mean, that rear end spins just as much as anything else in that entire truck. Mm-hmm. And going out. So, and- like, Part of me wanting to go with the V8 diff was I, I didn't want to do with the actuators. Every yeah. other post on Facebook is it won't go into four wheel drive or it won't go into four low, you know. Um, and there's the actuator and the front diff on the V6s, and then there's an actuator in the transfer case. And so I, I don't have any of that. You yeah. Know, it's all just okay. straight old school. I don't have locking hubs, but. I mean, the only thing you're missing is maybe a carburetor at this point. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I want to. And funny, funny story. We may go off on that later. I've I've been having um, fuel issues since September, so I might as well. Oh man, yeah, that's <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that that was part Lately. of what I talked to y'all about um, having to fix it at, like every night, like or every week, and it was my daily. So. Ugh. No, thank you. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. I'm, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm right there. <laughs> do do tell. Do tell. Do tell. Well, the forerunner came back from the dead. She's just, she's rolling. She's back to her old self. I'm loving it. It's great. It's a great time. But uh, the one that was supposed to be more reliable because it's got significantly less miles is the one that's been acting up for the last, uh, I'd say, probably three months. So after I yeah. fixed that that one coolant leak that I, I talked about before, <laughs> I, I fixed that. Yeah, and it was good to go until about uh, was it Saturday night. I woke up like Sunday morning, and there's just a little puddle of coolant underneath the sequoia. And I was like, mm. well, this is awesome. So I went and looked to see where it was, and it was in the exact same spot it was before. So I was like, sick. So something that I did clearly did not work for a long period of time because – there's a nice little puddle of coolant in the valley down there. Is, again, it, so. is it ever been overheated? No, no. That's the other thing is because I, I, I'm super self-conscious about um, heads and everything like that. And all the research I've done, it's like, you know, if you do run the thing dry, um, obviously you can blow a head gasket, but I've been literally have got like four bottles of coolant stacked up. Like two of them are in the sequit at all times and, Every morning, because Jenny still drives it every day, so I'm just yeah. like, yeah, let's go some coolant in the overflow. <laughs> yeah, do you have that uh, good like good stuff full strength, or is that the pre-diluted? Or... It's the Toyota Red, so. Yeah, that's what I do. You can just, you can get more in a container, and then, you know, just get a bottle of water somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that part too. I, it's, it's. Uh, it's not like a slow leak, but it's not a horrible leak. Um, it's not like a couple of days go by, and then I'm like, "Oh, look, there's a puddle of coolant in there now." Um, Put that. But... Uh, oh, what's that stuff they use on like roadkill? The 
uh, head gasket, head yeah, head gasket. Yeah, in yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. It can't leak if nothing moves in there anymore. Just toss a baby weld in there. It won't. It won't do it. Yeah, anymore. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It fixes everything. Yeah. No, it's there's there's <laughs> all the water bypasses on like right underneath the intake that go back and forth to each head. Uh, there's several gaskets and. I had replaced the front two actual water bypass tube gaskets, um, and I did the thermostat housing O-ring, but the water bypass tube that goes from front to back also has an O-ring that I didn't touch, um, and I actually went online and did a bunch more research today, and I actually found on one of the Tundra forums this dude who had, like, not even kidding, the exact same leak, like, looked exactly the same underneath like because it falls down right between the the bell housing like in the engine and the bell housing is where all this coolant dumps out at because it builds up in the in the valley and then just kind of pours down the back of the valley um and he was like i did all this stuff like literally the same exact situation he's like but i didn't touch this little itty bitty tiny o-ring um so i'm just gonna have to this weekend go dig into it again and pull that uh get those o-rings replaced and all that other stuff hopefully hopefully that ends up being the issue based off of the research thing because it doesn't run hot like i ran it um like 105 miles on saturday uh, trying to do some like gas mileage theories on what's going to be the happiest place for it to run all the time with the tires and stock gears and everything and it never got above like 195, even going uphill at 65 miles an hour. Like, it, yeah. So it's not like you're cooking the living shit out of this motor. It's just probably bad gaskets and an old motor. Yeah, exactly. So it's just I was lazy and didn't do all of them when I had it open. Yeah. The price for and that that's all I was asking. Like, are we worried that maybe you know manifold is warped? If heads are warped? If there's some ceiling issues with like uh yeah. heat issues and and we're we're talking like fully machined remachined parts mm-hmm. here is this we yeah just get a new engine at that point at uh, that point yeah i mean with that kind of, if it was a brand new motor you know if it was yeah. ten thousand dollar motor you put in this thing or something yeah it's that makes yeah. sense but no yeah. it's not and, and like the thing still runs perfectly fine aside from my clogged cats and everything else like that but like the true true still, like it doesn't get hot that's the other thing like it just doesn't get hot that's the thing so, wait you still have the cats yeah yeah i haven't i haven't you haven't pulled the walmart trick yet come on dude i mean yeah. <laughs> they're not they're not gonna cut themselves off let's go <laughs> yeah go, go uh, make yourself some money yeah exactly <laughs> pay for some new ones yeah cut them yeah. off yourself yeah <laughs> yeah hey babe someone stole our cats <laughs> <laughs> i got some new ones though don't worry about it yeah, so that's 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 where that thing's at. The which is funny because it's like we're trying to get Forerunner ready to go for Moab in a couple months, and I'm like, well, one of these things still has to drive while the other one's down, and I'm like, we got to spend money on both of them, and it's just whatever. I mean, it, it's part of the part of the old twenty year old car maintenance. So <laughs> it's a cycle, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a vicious cycle same no, i mean yeah i mean yeah you're at 300,000 my foreigners 276 and the sequoia is at 255 
So, I mean, I'm not surprised by any of it by any means. It's just like really annoying stuff. And pulling the intake off the Sequoia is not that hard, like at all. It's really not. It's just. Is, is that the V8? Uh huh. It's the same. Yeah, one yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just doing gaskets, pulling it all apart for literally, I'm not kidding, like a half inch gasket is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I. Yeah, I had to pull my intake probably four times this past fall. I I can do it by memory now. <laughs> I know which bolts go where, what size, and I would I had a fuel leak with O rings. Um, so because on the injectors. Yeah, yeah. Because I I had a few drinks. So yeah, I, I had a few <laughs> drinks, and uh, I guess I just got in a hurry, and I tore uh. a few of them. Dude, like, that's hilarious. Why? Yeah, I was like, "Why is it running lean?" Like, it it and it smelled like fuel. And then oh, yeah. uh, somebody that el- else was a forerunner, Chris. He was like, "Bro, like you're straight up dripping fuel." <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that that's not good. That's so funny that you say that because right before we moved down here, I did. I had my like. The day we were moving, like I'm getting out of the highway, and my forerunner just starts throwing a gnarly misfire, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like this is obviously the best timing I could have possibly come up with. Um, but I sent my O-rings out to get cleaned and flow tested, and one of them was bad, but the guy ended up getting it fixed enough for me to drive it, and I put it all back together. And that same exact thing, I'm like, man, it reeks of fuel, and it's, mm. it's, just, it's just like. I can watch my gas gauge go down. Like, what is going on right now? Yep, same here. (laughs) Get underneath, pull the hood, and turn it on. And my buddy's like, dude, you just have gas just spraying out, like, of three injectors here. Yep. Oh. Son of a bitch. (laughs) No, I I did the same thing. I would pull the intake off, which, you know, it's it's not hard, but it's just tedious. You're just bent over, and there's all this harness stuff. And then you put it back together, and you fire it up, and it leaks again. And you're like, shit. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're yep. just like I, I'll call it night or I'll call it a week. You know, I'll come back to it later. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. it was my day no, at that point too. So just <laughs> yep, yep. No, I'm I'm right there with you. I probably need to do that because like the times I have pulled the intake off, those injectors slip out obviously because they're just plugged right in there to the side. So I always try to be super careful not to pull the injectors out while I'm taking the intake off. But I'm guessing this next time i've already got a bunch of o-rings ready to go and i'll probably just replace them while i'm right there those injectors probably need to be cleaned because i doubt they've ever been touched in the last 20 years so yeah i'm slowly trying to replace you know every o-ring and hose and all of that because you know eventually you know they'll just rot or tear or get hard and won't seal anymore so yeah exactly we did i did uh, some hps hoses on the radiator um in like January just to go ahead and clear that one out like to be done with that so I don't have to deal with that because my forerunner had that issue so I was like yeah, let's go ahead and skip this and get some nice hoses with legitimate clamps instead of the 20 year old hoses that have mm-hmm. their <laughs> mm-hmm. already pressed in so yeah and especially they're like molded to the, uh-huh. like the intake or output <laughs> yeah. at that point so you have to like cut it off Yep. oh yep, yep. Yeah. been there done that yeah but in terms of your four-wheel drive swaps so you're you're seven months in like it 
have you had any drivetrain issues? Have you had any actuating issues? Like, or is it just, it's just straightforward now? So part of me was just trying to get this done when I was doing it. Um, I lived in an apartment at the time and obviously, you know, you can't just pull a transmission (laughs) in your apartment parking lot. They kind of frown on that. Yeah. And so (laughs) my parents were on vacation from like a Friday night to a Sunday night. Um, like over like a week and a half. And so they were like, uh-huh. yeah, okay, come house it and watch the dogs. You can use the garage. And I was like, hell yeah. So sure. I was, I was limited on time. So I was just trying to knock it out. And I think I busted one of my uh, front diff axle seals. There and so <laughs> I was fighting a front diff leak like nice. for like two months. And, you know, I would put in a new one and it, it would uh, do it again. And I was like, I was the most careful out of anybody that's ever done this. I swear, I did not tear it. And what happened was that first time I put it in, um, I tore it just enough. You couldn't see it, but it was letting fluid out. And yep. I think it let the diff run a little too dry. Oh. And so the bearing or whatever is out. And so it wobbles the CV just ever so slightly enough Yep. That it's worn out those uh, seals. And so it just, I have a little bit of a constant leak and I just, you know, I don't hardly drive it right now. And so I just, you know, fill it up and start it. And But yeah. I just, I'm trying to decide if I want to rebuild the diff or, you know, go bigger and better with some other stuff. Well, what I've heard with the Toyota stuff, I probably know this, but those seals, those disc seals have like a specific, um, depth that they need to be set to as well so even if you do get it in and don't tear it if it's a, if it's too deep in the diff housing or if it's not deep enough it'll still push it it'll yeah push it out. yep and um i used a cv axle seal pusher tool by um what's his name he does a bunch of like cruiser parts um it'll come to me uh but it's like fitted no, it's a uh, last. It's not like last wit or wit's end. That's oh, what it is. Wit's, wit's end. end. Oh, yeah, okay. wit's end. Yeah, wit's end. Yeah. Um. So I ordered that pusher tool from him because so many people have issues putting that seal in. I'm like, okay, I will not mess it up with this. And I put it in, you know, flush <laughs> exactly. And I started it up, drove it, and checked it once I got home. I was like, shit, leaked huh. again. So it's it's the you know, internals just from running it dry from that first leak, I think. Oh, so just, yeah, yeah destroyed that housing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I've had the same issue, obviously, with, with I assume those Forerunner front diffs are similar, so similar to the to the second gen, the, the fourth gen and the second gen stuff probably is so similar. But um, I had the issue with the needle bearing uh, leak. So the drive the and we've talked about it before in, in some of the other episodes, but uh, on the front diff of the Tacoma anyway, uh, they use a needle bearing in there instead of you know a, a traditional you know uh, I don't know roller tapered bearing. bearing, however roller bearing, however you want to put it, and you'll beat that needle bearing up. And so I did the East Coast Gear Supplies uh, clamshell bearing or you know whatever he calls it. Because I was doing the same thing. I would run through a, uh, a seal on that diff probably once a year. 
And I think it was that same thing that CV would just beat it up enough to kind of wallow that seal out and not mm-hmm. have to replace it and replace it. I I've got seeping around the diffs, nothing to where like it's a, you know, solid, solid fluid, or it's, I mean, you can tell it's, you know, legit leaking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after, after that gear supplies, little clamshell bear bushing, um, I've never had the problem with it. So maybe, and I know the passenger side, I don't think you can do cause they use that. It's just the driver. Area. Yeah. Just yeah. the driver. So if it is the driver, maybe start there if if that if it's the driver that's leaking really bad and maybe check out what east coast gear supply has yeah so i think that the v8s don't have the needle bearing um i think they're the solid or whatever that you were talking about but um i think just with all the do what oh i was just gonna say that uh with i think it had like almost two hundred thousand miles on it when i got it had never been busted okay. open, resealed, anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and then on top of that. wheeling it and running it dry, it just over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The Sequoia and my former doesn't have it, but the, the early Sequoias, so like uh, the 01 to 04 Sequoias had the seven and a half inch clamshell up front. So same as the third gen forerunners and first gen tacos. Um, but the Sequoia, unlike the, the V6s, it actually does have a needle bearing. So, um, I don't know if that changes anything for you because you took yours out of an 05, right? If I got that right, or 06. Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, 07, yeah. 07, okay, yeah. So, I do know that the, the even the early Sequoias, they still put a needle bearing in the, um, in the, that old style, uh, clamshell, the smaller clamshell. Mm-hmm. Um, but, which I need to change on mine because it's it's got that same thing, which I'm pretty sure it's needle bearing, but it's just it you can hear it when you're rolling down the road, like it's quite obnoxious. Um, yeah. But like you said, it sounds like you've like the the housing is probably more the issue than seals are at this point. Yeah, just kind of tweak something. I I I can't hear it. Um, mine's straight pipes, and <laughs> it just you you can't hear it. You you couldn't tell. Yeah. How much movement do you have in the CVs? Like, can you get down there and move that CV around? Does it move quite a um, bit? See, I, I, since I haven't dealt with CVs a bunch, um, I don't really know what's standard. Not um, they shouldn't move a lot. They should not be moving a lot, and that's a good like a, yeah, maybe an eighth inch, a quarter inch of plate in and out, like of the housing itself or your uh, knuckle, whatever. But that's that's normal it's a very minimal amount of movement that yeah but up and down that. side to side like if you were to get underneath there and lift straight up on that cv it should not move a lot and that's a good no. indication that that if it's driver side and i'm in real like side note real quick i was just looking up east coast gears supplies like you know what do you have and uh-huh. from oh three and newer forerunners he's got the eight inch clamshell bushing um for the driver's side so uh-huh. i'm assuming most of all of the fourth gen and the th- uh fifth gen forerunners share that same needle bearing but yeah that's that's a good indication that if those bearings are probably going bad is if that cv can move around fairly you know easily around the diff side obviously um 
might want to look into bearings. It could be something as because that's a sixty dollar part right here is yeah. what I'm looking at. Sixty bucks could save you two, three, maybe four hundred dollar rebuild kit on the front diff. Nah, just rebuild it, bro. Take it apart. You'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead there, bud. <laughs> no no big deal. Yeah. Uh, you you gotta uh, be kidding me, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I uh so I've actually been looking into some uh bigger axles than the eight inch uh and just kind of since I don't drive it right now and I have a daily just kind of put it on jack stands for a year or two just so I part of it will solve that issue and then be stronger than OEM so tons of fun bud. tons of fun oh yeah yep oh, there you go there you go yep got a whole list and everything nice can't lose on Very 42s nice. and 60s man like that's <laughs> You, well, you can lose a lot of money. Yeah, you can lose a lot of money. <laughs> miles for days. Yeah. Yeah, just just pricing everything and just that's purely me doing every bit of labor and this is mostly new parts. You know, you have to source, you know, solid axles and stuff like that, oh, but yeah, yeah. mostly new parts, new wheels, new tires. It's like 18 grand. Nice. Ain't <laughs> bad. So, yeah, Jeez. it just yeah. Well, and I don't know if the junkyards out there for you guys, you know, more towards the East Coast of things are different than out here, but you can't find that kind of axle or that kind of setup for cheap. And no, I don't know if it's just that up. we, yeah, like in, in our area, it makes sense too. I mean, look at my backyard. You know, I've got the Rockies and eight hours away is Moab, seven hours away is Moab. Like there is a ton of stuff to play around here and big stuff that you can play in. And it just seems like anyone that has a 60s wanting way more than you can ever pay for it, or you can't find that kind of stuff. And Riley, you were telling me you could, there are a dime a dozen over in Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, cool. If you're, if you're looking for one ton parts, um, and if you haven't heard of them, uh, Midway uh, Auto Salvage, they've got a yard in Tulsa and they've got a yard in um, KC. Uh, if, if you haven't heard, if you want like a junkyard axle to, to save you some money and, and just do a rebuild on it. Um, I got my dad, a, a, a 2003, uh, Dana 60 for like 250 bucks. Dang. So that's crazy. Yeah. And we, yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah, good. We got, yeah. We got a, we got, I got a set of super duty axles cause he's got an old, uh, like an OBS Ford, um, that we're putting super duty axles on and axles like, full axle assemblies, everything. Like if he wanted to run them, he could, but obviously there's like doing some ball joint maintenance and some U joint maintenance. Um, but literally plug and play ready to go into the truck with the kit that he's got. The axles themselves were, uh, 600 bucks. Wow. So that's a, that's a, a re- like legit ready to go, uh, discs or uh, brakes, lines, steering, the whole nine for yeah six. Was it it was sixty front and sixty rear? Or was that ten and a half like a sterling? It's a ten and a half uh, sterling rear. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I found. Yeah. So, but like yeah, no joke. Them. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just got them both for six hundred bucks. So. What? Jesus. Yeah. And you so said midway inverted rear too. Well, the Super Duties all came with disc rear. Oh, okay. Um, 
yeah so they'll they'll have the they'll have the tr- uh, the rotors on the rear already um so yeah that was another reason but that one i didn't get the the rear from the same place i got the rear from a, a guy actually out in uh, uh claremore um but he's, he's super knowledgeable guy he's very uh very easy to deal with um and of course he's he's got fair price too i think we paid we actually paid more for the rear than the front i think the rear was 350 or 340 something like that which so. is crazy i mean you can't touch 60 fronts for that cheap like no y'all period. y'all must have different people where y'all are because over <laughs> here people build crawlers to go to like hot springs off-road park and things like that and they'll buy like 10 or 20 dana 60s at once from a yard Dude, and then I, price like, hike exactly yeah i did not because i was dealing with the same thing because everybody was selling 50s and stuff and i could not find a 60 for the life of me um but i hopped on this this salvage yard site and plugged in all the the specifics and um i actually called to the shop and i was like is this legitimate i was like is this a I just want to make sure this is a four-wheel drive Dana 60. And he's like, yeah, we have one sitting on a pallet in the warehouse. And I was like, oh, uh, like, uh, how much are you guys asking for that? And he's like, duh, duh, duh. He's like yeah, it looks like we got it for like 240. And that was the other thing is that the dude, I was like, he's like, is that in KC or in Tulsa? And he's like, this one's in KC. Um, he's like, but we run parts, uh, every single day so it's free shipping to you we'll just drop it off at the tulsa yard and you pick it up and pay for it there so it's like damn that uh, that's convenient yeah so if you're <laughs> i mean you're not too far maybe like two hours hour and a half like if that's something you're interested in like that's a very viable option for a very cheap gain of 60 so yeah my my have to the summer i got a few paychecks to put back first for some other things but yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah so it's often there. That's a deal. Reveal the secret to all of our yeah. eleven followers that we have listening. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. they're out there. They're they're pretty cheap. You can hop on their website right now. I think I was on there last week or so, and that one was, I think, the cheapest one I found. But um, I mean, you're still you can get one with low, relatively low miles on it for under, like, well under five hundred bucks. Pretty damn easy. So. Yeah, I mean, if I had all the money in the world, I'd love to go with you know Spider Tracks or Dynatrack oh, yeah. or something like no, that. Yeah. But I just, yeah. if I can save the money and just rebuild something and trust it, you know. And the like full axle rebuild and not talking gears or anything, but seals, U joints, ball joints, uh, that entire rebuild kit, my dad got at one time. I think ran him one hundred and eighty bucks for all ball joints, all U joints and all the seals for the front axle. So dang, that's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So totally worth it's it. It's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it, yeah. Yeah. For the clout. Oh, if the anything clout. for the peace of mind, man. Like shit to break this thing. That's crazy on your Toyota. No, oh, yeah. yeah. Have y'all seen the uh, Stellar Built Fourth Gen Four Runner? Stellar Built Fourth Gen. Okay, y- y'all gotta look it up. Gen. Moscow. I've seen that Mule. cruiser. Oh, I have seen that one. It's a I dark have. blue. Okay, okay. Yep. yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Ooh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they've got their their 200 series that they just put on 37s too, and that thing's. Mm-hmm. And you probably follow AMG 
Yes, uh, I do. We've talked about yeah. a few things before. Yeah, that dude's got a gnarly setup too. So he was kind of hinting that he was going to do a solid axle, and that he was tired of the independent. I yeah, I think I saw that same thing, um, which is you know do it because like there's the RSG um, forerunner as well. I don't know if you've seen him or not. The, mm-hmm. the with the tundra right. swamp and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that good stuff. And me and me and Jake have talked. Uh, many hours on the marlin crawler long travel and stuff like that and all that good stuff of course if you're if you're doing a i think a 60 swap with the right priced axle um, and you doing all the work would still probably be cheaper than a a marlin crawler kit yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a lot but i mean like the other part of it too there's not a lot of like so he does have the gusset stuff for your lower control arms that you have to be that to be welded in. Um, Go for the tabs and stuff. The tab exactly, but like other than ripping out that bushing on the Land Cruiser rack and putting in the different the offset alignment spacer, yeah. it's pretty much a plug and play system. So like eleven grand, and you have personally one of the strongest IFS rock crawler oriented long travel kits like for for 11 grand like i mean you really can't beat that you know there's yeah. always something to be said about fabricating your own stuff and doing your own you know swaps or long travel kit whatever you want to put into it but um outright buying like i mean number one it's also saying like okay buy a dana 60 buy a dynatrack 60 you ain't gonna touch that price mm-hmm you're already 15 grand in damn near 20, depending on, on the setup that you buy. Like, and yes, there's not a lot, like you're using RCVs. You're still using the same, your same diff, you know, that clamshell, things like that. You can argue, but if you want to come down to like, well, I want a solid axle versus the, the Marlin crawler stuff, like to, to do brand new stuff. Like, yeah, you're in an axle just on, just alone oh those are like the rcv independent ones or just like yeah like i said like the dana the wow the dynatrack stuff or curry um that alone it's just a very expensive axle and then everything like you said the rcvs and and all that like everything is expensive yeah have more uh kelly blue book value than my whole vehicle oh yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) It, but I mean, uh, it, it depends on what you want to do with it too. I mean, some people like throwing hundreds of thousand dollars into sports cars, driving them once a year kind of thing, or, you know, putting that money into a badass motorcycle or something, yeah. put that kind of money into a 20, 30 year old forerunner <laughs> and shit. I haven't had a good time. I think it's just kind of, yeah, where, where you see the purpose for that, you know? And it really a solid axle fortune. Uh, I you know long fortune still thing like they're one of my favorites. That's for sure. You don't lose. Let's put it that way. Nope. <laughs> nope. A lot of money, but otherwise, well, you, <laughs> you're gonna lose a lot of money. But hey, as long as you don't squat it, you're a winner in my eyes. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's that should be put on a across the world. That should be known. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, nice. It's so good. you got 
you got V8, you have an optional T case, selectable T case, you have a manual T case at that. Have you done gears or anything yet? Are you planning on doing gears? Uh, Is that something you're not really looking into because you're obviously we just talked about or so I I was going to, but since I've had that front diff leak and I haven't driven it, if I drove it more, um, you know, I would just upgrade maybe to an 8.2 or something and put new gears in that with like an e-locker but just the fact that i'm i don't drive it but maybe like once a month um you know i want to be able to just like you know beat it and not worry about having to drive it the next day to work yeah you know just go all in so i'm just i'm just on the 373s right now um and i'm not even locked again because kind of doing construction and weather-based. I, I was kind of tight on budget, hence why I'm behind on some maintenance right now. Yeah. So, um, are you running 35s? So you on 33s, or what do you... So, um, I have uh, 285 75s, which is okay. like 34, 1150, kind of the sweet spot. Yeah. Um, I have an aggressive body mount, but it still <laughs> rubs some at full lock and compression. Wow. Um, two three inch body lift. Uh, one inch. Okay, one inch. Not bad. Though. Yeah, I just I hammered the crap out of it. Yeah, like I just I I kind of like I care, but I don't care. It's kind of like it is what it is. We're just gonna make it work. Oh yeah, it'll it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah, like when I was replacing my fuel pump with the fuel issues, I just cut a hole in the floorboard. I was just like, you know, screw this. I'm not dropping the tank. Here we go. Angle grinder inside the cab, you know. On top of a fuel tank. Anybody yeah. hear the banjo? Well, well the, f- <laughs> <laughs> the fuel tank was sealed up, but still, you know, yeah. Here, hold this, man. I'll get it real quick. <laughs> yeah, y'all yeah. don't know. <laughs> what y'all don't know won't hurt. Won't hurt y'all. <laughs> there was coal flying through the air, like an astronaut. Wonder how he got up there. Piece of angle yeah. everywhere. <laughs> that Dewalt angle grinder. That's how he got up there. Oh no 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 no! Harbor Freight. <laughs> Harbor Freight. Oh, Harbor Freight. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh no, wait, no, no, no. Actually, I think I think it's a Walmart. Actually. Put the cheap tools. Hey, there on you it. go. That's funny, man. There you go. That's, That's funny. Yeah, I can't. I can't knock Harbor Freight, man. Oh, Got me many places. The sponsor of of uh, underpaid and undervalued workers across the country. That's what mm-hmm. I. Know. Yep. Welcome to the Toyota Garage Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just whenever I do stuff, I just kind of make it work. Like whenever I was um, doing dropping the transmission and putting a new transmission in, I I had it on a garage floor. I didn't have a car lift or anything, and I had a transmission jack, and I literally ratchet strapped some two by fours that were screwed together to make <laughs> a cradle for the transmission, and then lowered it nice. down with that. Just two by fours. I we have and, all done some sketchy. Yeah, it yep. just make it work it is what it is i put my uh i had my forerunner on uh <laughs> like uh, two cinder blocks and then like half a cinder block just to make it <laughs> a little leveler because my dad's using the jack stand for his axles and yeah i was just like you know what it is what it is 
Yeah, let let him have the Harbor Freight Jack stands with the recalls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take this death machine we call a high lift. Oh, oh hell no. Speak, speaking of high lifts, right? Because this is good. <laughs> this is good. When I tried to revert my foreigner back to stock and I put stock coils on it and it just dropped it down to the ground. It literally looked like I lowered my forerunner instead of just putting it back to stock. Um I was like, hey, I have a high lift. I was like, why don't I just put it in the hitch receiver and jack up the back end like that? That'll be perfect. Yeah, I got it up off the ground, and it wasn't like three seconds before that uh, high lift just fell over to the right. And I already mm. had one wheel off the back of my forerunner. So mm. just, yeah. Just, mm. uh, just fell down on a loose tire in the back, and I've got a nice little dent in my fender well, which is fine. I don't really care about. But yeah, I was like, Wow. Like we're, this is where I'm at right now. Yeah, ma- imagine if you were somebody was under there, like oof. Yeah. <laughs> no. Good thing is that happen- I work on stuff by myself. I was gonna say, what would happen is your dad would walk out there, look at you, give you a, huh? Told you, turn around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That gets pinned underneath the car. I'll give him about an hour and let him think about what yeah. he's done. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh at me and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the that's the current state of things yeah it's it's really fun when you just have one floor jack and you gotta like do like springs or coils or something and one side sitting on your factory bottle jack with four two by fours underneath it and mm-hmm. yeah yeah let's you know let's start a GoFundMe. how about that let's start a GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get get Riley safe. Let's just that'll, that'll be the title. Get Riley yeah, do safe. we need to call OSHA? Where's your PPE? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to deal with this kid, man. This is oh man, uh-huh. it's so good doing the OSHA stuff in school and stuff. They're like, never at any time ever use your floor jack as a jack stand. I'm like, all right. So rule number one broken on literally broken every occasion on, on day one. <laughs> hey, as long as you got two jacks, it's all right, right? Yeah, if you're just using one, then leaving your entire weight of your vehicle on one floor jack. Yeah, but I throw the tire underneath. It's like double safety. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Doubling down. I'm playing poker, okay? I always think about that. I'm like, so if this were to fail and fall on this tire, this tire is like, like everything in front of the tire is still going to contact the ground, but I guess. Or my knees, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So. Well, that was like the day. Oh, what were we doing? I think it was the uh, whatever day we had the forerunner here, and we were ripping their steering rack out for some reason. Oh, it was for the lower control arms. Was it? For, yeah, and we're in there just wrenching and pulling and hammering <laughs> on shit, and I'm like, I am underneath this vehicle. Yeah, the whole vehicle's <laughs> moving, and this thing goes down like, you know, I, I'm. I'm panicking. Yeah, I'm sunny side up. Like this, is, I'm done for. <laughs> and then it's like in the moment you're like, dude, we gotta get this arm back in. We gotta go. Discovery Channel is gonna cancel our show. Like one of those moments. Yeah. And then yeah, mm. oh shit, that was yeah, probably that was... not the thing to be doing. No, yeah. that was when you have big tires. Though at least it helps, you know, because the 35 is mildly bigger than a, a 33, so it's like. Uh... It's like, yeah, I guess I, I feel more confident with a 35 under the car than a 32. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not that it's um, safe. 
<laughs> yeah, um, uh, Eli, the guy, uh, my friend that has the uh, parts for under that I used, um, he got a GX recently. And, nice. you know, all stock, hadn't been modded or anything. And, you know, yeah. usually I'm used to working on mine. I can just crawl underneath it, you know, whatever. And then I yeah. got underneath his, and I'm like, oh, God, it's like there's no room under here. Like, <laughs> yeah, like my in. face <gasps> was against the skid plate. Like, yeah. <laughs> Talk about claustrophobic. Yeah, I was like, oh, you need I... to lift this thing ASAP. Like, I'll, I'll help fund you if I'm going to be working on it. Yeah. yeah. That thing sits so low, too. That's the other thing. Like, the nice luxury stuff, they're all low to the ground. So it's like it's even lower than forerunners and stuff. Plus, you got all that cladding and sidesteps and whatever other nonsense aerodynamic yeah mm-hmm. bouginess <laughs> yeah, that bouginess, yeah, that bouginess yeah. man <laughs> lift it up man get away from that bouge bouge <laughs> yeah yeah well i would say on that note guys we probably we have wrapped up another solid episode um real quick uh Cole, give us a, a little bit of uh, your social media breakdown, where they can find you, things like that. Anybody you want to thank on top of all that? So my social media, um, Instagram is duskrunner.03. And then on t4r.org, um, I have my write-up on there uh, all drawn out. I think it's HC Watson 997 Like, it's before I had my Instagram. Um, and I, I'm going to forget people, but I had so many people, you know, help me along the way with research and insight. Um, Eli with, you know, helping me physically with his hands working on it and with the parts and then, um, Ryan King, Chris Cox, uh, Bradley Carlson, David Van helped a little bit with knowledge. Uh, and again, I'm going to forget people uh but dakota um rookie spanish he he was such a lifesaver um you know just i couldn't i can't figure out electrical for the life of me and he just he solved all my issues with that stuff and so i didn't have to deal with any of it um and just you know my friends for supporting me and you know family for i guess accepting it like living with it yeah, not like you know, woohoo, go do this. I'm like, I, you know, he'll do it, whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. Well, that is awesome. So, you know, with that, you know, like we always say, guys, you can find me on Instagram at Brothers Bound. Riley, where can they find you? Uh, you know, the old turtle gen underscore T4R. And don't forget, guys, like always, you can find both of us on instagram at toyota garage podcast um remember like we always say um this stuff typically comes out on fridays um early in the morning we usually we post it up so you guys can listen to that you know throughout the weekend and and get your fix so don't forget as well to to rate and review um that always helps us out and you know keeps us going as well so with that being said Uh, appreciate you guys tuning into this episode and we will catch you on the next one.